0: When we think about all of these screens and how people are multitasking and how their attention is fragmented more than it's ever been before, we really need to remind ourselves that that problem for marketers is a creative
1: problem. But everybody is clamoring for content. Yeah. You can't get enough it. So it's time to wade in. Hey, this is Holly. And this is Tara. And we're Braid Creative. This podcast is to help credit union marketers like you remember how creative you are, how much you love your job and your credit union, and maybe get some new creative ideas to try out along the way. This episode is about video. We love video. We love that more credit unions are making video. They're using it to connect with people if you're not making videos no judgment we're going to give you some really good ideas to get you started just trying at least one video and you're going to love it if you're already doing a great job making videos stick around because well one you get a gold star but two we're going to give you some great reasons to keep doing it keep making them better keep them in your budget keep them in your marketing plan And uh, keep making great videos. So, Holly, you have some really juicy statistics about video. You're kind of a... Are you going (laughs) to say nerd? Yeah. (laughs) A data nerd. Okay,
0: so, Holly, what are those numbers telling you? So, I love research. um, And I love getting into the data behind the media and the choices that people make. So, I know this is no new, new news to you, but... The average time that kids have spent watching online videos has doubled in the past four years. Teens, specifically teens, spend 70% of their video consumption on Netflix and YouTube. Correct. (laughs) You're like speaking from experience. I know that one to be true. And four times as many consumers would rather watch a video about something than read about it. And I also think we all know that is true, especially when I see my 75 year old mom like go to YouTube to try to figure out how to upload a Kindle, like a book on her Kindle. Um, I think it's apparent that video is something that isn't just about our kids, but more people are using and embracing and especially kids and especially kids,
1: which we should care about because they're the next
0: generation of credit union members. So, yeah, that's right. And so a lot of times, Tara, when we are at conferences, one of our core topics that we talk about is video. We're always talking to people and marketers about why video is important, and it can transcend different languages, and it can convey emotion. But even as much as I love video, I see in my kids that they love video more. Yeah. And it's more a part of their lives. Yes. (laughs) Mine too. And even if my kids get a brand new toy or game or gift for their birthday or Christmas, they don't rip open the box and get the instructions out to read and see how to play the game. They look for a YouTube symbol on the box and they go to YouTube and they look for other people already playing the game and that's how they learn to play. Or... Sometimes even before they unbox it, they will go on YouTube and find people unboxing that same toy in front of them to watch that whole experience before they open up the toy.
1: Yeah. It's more fun watching someone else open it and play with it than even doing it. Right. yourself. And this is the same with video games. If any of you guys have kids with, who are video gamers, where they're not even playing the video game, they're just watching someone talk about playing, playing the video game. Yes,
0: I can tell you there has been a resurgence in my house for Minecraft. Yes. And there has been a resurgence and now my kids are all on Minecraft and they are watching all these videos about how to make a roller coaster in Minecraft and how to make rainbow sheep in Minecraft <laughs> and all of these different YouTubers And honestly, when they're watching all of these videos, I do feel like it's a little bit of a language I don't speak. Like, it's a different way they're learning, I feel like, than maybe some of us who are a little bit more old school can learn.
1: Yeah. But I also think it's just such a shortcut. So my son, who doesn't like to read a lot, our most current YouTube sensation in our home, I haven't even told you about this yet. Okay, good. Remember how you found that little baby snake in your pool drain, Holly? (laughs) Yes. And you said, do you think... Sam would like to take this home and I said yes and I took it home so now we have a little terrarium with this snake who's thriving she's thriving and now we watch YouTube videos all the time about how to breed and hatch (laughs) baby snakes what to do with their eggs how you should take care of their eggs how all this like scientific stuff so anyway Video. It's a yeah. language. It's how our kids are learning. It's not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, it makes it more vivid and real and memorable for
0: them. I know. Don't you think it's probably even better for people that are visual learners? Yes. You know, as opposed to like if your son is going to read a book about how to take care of a snake rather than watch like a eight minute video about how to do it. If you're a visual person, it really speaks to you.
1: Right. And now we'll have baby snakes in our house sooner than later. Oh, I hope
0: you don't. Have so it snakes. connects faster. It connects it, faster. It's more efficient. It's more impactful. It does. It definitely does. If you have any kid out there from the ages of, let's say, eight to 14, probably a couple of years ago, you could not find Elmer's glue in the store. You could not get Elmer's glue. This was probably like Thanksgiving time. You couldn't get it at Walmart. You couldn't get it at Target. If you went to Walgreens, you couldn't get it. It was back ordered on Amazon. Why has everybody had a glue? And it's because kids were making slime with it. And I think what's so interesting is you know, this isn't anything that Elmer's Glue came up with as a marketing tactic to try to get out there and really increase glue sales in the winter. Wait, because they were
1: making the slime out.
0: Out of, of glue, out of Elmer's glue. That's and, right.
1: And it was like a YouTube, and it was video. Yeah, and that it started wasn't, it all.
0: And it wasn't that science teachers all of a sudden, like from this curriculum, told kids to do it. It was that one kid figured it out, and then it just spread virally all across YouTube. And this is even before TikTok. You know, kids were just like looking at this video, following it, and then sharing it with their friends. And I think it was one of the first great examples of how YouTube really kind of penetrated this generation um, without any kind of adult interference or anybody orchestrating anything for them. It was a good example of how video itself is becoming its own learning tool. Well,
1: and you always talk about how YouTube itself is becoming the next biggest, is the next biggest search engine. Yes. It's how we search for information.
0: Right. And if anybody wants to find out how to do anything, um, whether it is like changing your pool pump or how to fix something on your car, the first thing people do is look it up on YouTube. Right. I can't remember the instructions to... Backgammon. Right, exactly. And guess what? Now you don't have to keep all of those instruction manuals that come in things. You just have to YouTube it and find out how to fix it. Oh, that's how
1: you play backgammon.
0: (laughs) Who's the nerd now? (laughs) You know, we're talking about video and how it can transcend people and divisions that happen and age groups. And I think a good example is how it can do that through entertainment channels. Um, we also are going to kind of show our nerd a little bit as we talk about Game of Thrones um, right. on this podcast. So right now you're either like, yes,
1: Game of Thrones, or like, oh, God,
0: Game of <laughs> Thrones. Again. Why are these people obsessed? Right. That may be we'll true. We'll tell you why. <laughs> we'll tell you why. So you will love it as much as we do. Um, so... Here's another stat for you. Um, in 2011, Game of Thrones had sold 12 million books, and so that's a lot of books. Like you would have to think that what's the author's name?
1: George oh,
0: R. George R. 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 Martin Martin. Okay, good so job. Not that nerdy. Okay. Yes, um, George Martin. So he he had sold 12 million books before HBO had bought the rights and started making the series. Um, in 2011. And what's so interesting, I was actually going to get how many people had watched the finale and compare. Okay, look at the number of books sold versus how many people watched the HBO finale of the show. But when I started kind of digging into the stats, I found, it out, I found out that maybe seven or eight million people watched the finale, so he still sold more books. But what was interesting is what happened to the number of books he sold after the finale on HBO. He ended up selling over 90 million books. So it's almost like that video, you know, taking Game of Thrones and applying that same content to video allowed so many more people to access it. You know, he more than quadrupled the number of books that he sold by introducing that story and those characters through a video setting. Um and I could say I know Terry you were a big reader of the books before the series but I wasn't so I just started watching it when it came on HBO and fell in love with it.
1: Yeah, I think it was actually because I saw the advertisement. Oh, for HBO. HBO having a new show. With this throne, with all these swords sticking out of it, and this, like, guy, like, with a fur coat sitting on it, and a beard, and dirty hair. And I was like... Which are all terrorist triggers. I was like... (laughs) That's embarrassing. So I was like, hey, if HBO is going to do a show about this fantasy book which is kind of a hard genre to find something that you right. really like unless you are a 14-year-old boy. Right. Oh my gosh, this fantasy genre book is getting a new life through HBO. It must be amazing. I've got to read right. it all. And I read them all boom, 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 in a row before the show came out and then it just went totally mainstream after that.
0: Yeah. It's very true. Who is your favorite character? Who is your favorite character? Okay, well, I've always been a big Jon Snow fan. Like, I love Jon Snow. I loved Egret. Like, their whole storyline, I was definitely into it. One of my favorite lines from the show is after Egret died, and her clansman was like, You know, she loved you. You were the love of her life. He was like, Really? Like, how do you know? Why do you think that? He was like, Because all she would do is talk about how much she hated you. And it was nice that they weren't
1: siblings.
0: Right. So those of you guys who aren't familiar. A plus in the romantic storyline. Right, line. with the
1: show. It's got a lot of siblings. Some of them are involved with each other. <laughs> some are not. Most of Intimately. them are just cast to the four corners of this fantasy land. There's evil queens. Right. There's zomb- very medieval. Ice, medieval. Ice zombies. Yes. Yes. Dragons. Dragons. Yes. All different tribes of people. Warriors. So it's really fun. It checks off all the boxes for sure. Yeah. But I do think it's really neat how it was something that would have been otherwise so nerdy. If we're talking Mm -hmm. about nerddom. Yes. Which really is just another word for being niched, Mm -hmm. specialized, narrowed in, targeted to use marketing speak. (laughs) All of those things. And that's kind of what we've been talking about people use video especially the next generation to find what they're interested in so something that would have just been relegated to the fantasy section of the bookstore is something that now people can find videos all about or mainstream it brought something so right. layered and intricate and kind of unusual to mm-hmm. like the masses right and so we're all talking about it around the water cooler now when Daenerys is dragon came out of the ice like a zombie dragon. Like we're all talking about that, right? Right. And so that's really, again, speaks to the power of video and how it can translate for so many in a much more dynamic way than having to slog through the books. Six (sighs) books, seven, I read them twice, but all the books over months and months and months. Instead, you just get these moments every Okay, so Sunday when you night. were
0: reading the books and all of the names of the characters are really kind of interesting and <laughs> yes. layered, were there any of the names that in the book you were mispronouncing in your head? And then when they said it in the show, <laughs> you were like, oh yeah, that's how you say it. Oh my gosh, like Cersei or like yeah. Yagreet. Yeah, any of those? Not
1: so much that, but I do tend, and maybe this is why I, as a creative director, I love making videos mm-hmm. and concepting videos. I, Whenever I read a book, I do cast it. In oh, my mind right. with actors. Like so I had real actors cast as all the characters. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of annoyed when like Cersei wasn't played by Kate Blanchett. <laughs> okay, so Game of Thrones. It's a testament for the power of video. Sorry, novelists. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, books will stay strong and make a comeback. But just know, you've got the written word has got
0: some competition. It does have some competition, but I feel like if it if the video is stronger, then it just makes people more in love with the story and the concept, and they come back to the written word. Oh, right, because you said, like you right. said,
1: after the show, he right. sold, he sold so many more
0: books—ninety million books,
1: exponentially. Right. If we knew the math of that, that's X right of <laughs> more books.
0: That's exactly okay, right. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Full circle. It's almost like that technology and streaming, it kind of gives, it's given video as well, like the jet fuel it needed to take off. You know, I think this is video what it is now and what it can do and how pervasive it is in people's lives. Um, Technology and the mobile phone has given that a chance to spread and for it to have the foothold that it has in our lives. You know, if you think back to whenever we were younger and there was like five channels on TV, and if you missed something at 7 p.m. and forgot to set the um, VCR, you were out of luck. And so because content and story is out there and it's on demand to people, I think that's another reason it has really given video the power that it has today in our lives. Yeah, I feel like all the streaming platforms
1: can't make content fast enough. Right. They're having to get it from anywhere... And everywhere
0: that they, they can. can. And even when you were talking about, yeah, I saw HBO was going to make a new show. It's like that's when HBO made like two new shows a year. You know, right. like they launched two new kind of shows and storylines. Now I feel like HBO is launching a, like two a month. You right. know, it's hard
1: to keep up. And I think what they realized is you can have big. And this kind of speaks to, to the kind of videos you're putting out as a marketer. You can have big, epic highly produced videos, like Game of Thrones, that might be the equivalent of a brand commercial. Mm -hmm. Or you can do things that are much more scrappy, handheld, they feel documentary style, and you see the trend of people making their own videos on their phones or just a little more scrappy and resourceful. That style that you see is actually influencing produced shows that you see. I'm trying to think of one. Well, like I feel like the first good
0: example of that is probably The Office. Absolutely. You know, when The Office came in, and it was almost like documentary style... Um, And allowed them from a production standpoint to not have to have all all of the cameras as before. Right. Um, And so that was a long time ago. But I feel like those influences have started creeping back in. And also, as the cameras on phones have evolved so much and everybody's making their own videos and we're seeing more of them, whether it's TikTok or whether it's Instagram, you know, just we are getting more used to seeing things that are not as overly produced.
1: Right, I would or say.
0: they're super planned out,
1: super thoughtful, very yes. produced, but then stylistically we kind of strip them back to feel more modern and
0: effortless. And effortless, that's right. So a lot of accessible. There is a lot of production oh, behind going on scenes. behind the scenes. It's it true. just depends. But, true.
1: but I think it's definitely become a style to be more accessible, friendly, straightforward, not so intimidating. I'm thinking more of
0: commercials now right, than right. necessarily Game of Thrones. And... <laughs> Game throws. I mean, they just threw that together. They just threw that yeah, together. It wasn't I just had a big a, deal. A corset. Yeah, that's right. And they're like, "Can we? do we have a blonde wig for Daenerys? We can just throw that on. It's the not giant, a big deal. Giant battle axe. Yeah, it's fine. Just get in there. Just go with it. Improvise. Um, I think it's also interesting to think about where video is going. Because yeah. I also think it's apparently, it's apparent that even the big guys don't have it all figured out. Um, So whether it is the collision of streaming and people producing their own platforms like NBC has their own platform coming out with Peacock and it's going to be free because they're thinking, well, maybe we can get more revenue out of commercial insertion versus asking people to subscribe. And Netflix, they're like, nope, we're going to go subscriber and no commercials. And, you know, what's going to happen to movie theaters as far as people can now stream right to their home? Um, And so all of those things are colliding. So whether it is a streaming platform or whether it is on TV or on a cable platform, platform or whether it is a movie kind of movie theater direct to your home, no one has it all figured out. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see just in the next two to three years where it all goes. I know one thing we talk about all the time is like the TV show now. Like the series, that is the new movie. Like, you know, that's where people are investing. That's where the great actors are. You know, looking at something for six to eight episodes, those are getting the same budgets as blockbuster movies were. It's the golden age of television.
1: Yeah. And I have to sit there and think do I want to invest? And I love movies, (laughs) but I'm more likely to watch an old movie like. Ferris Bueller with my kids or Groundhog Day, right? Mm -hmm. Then sit there and invest my time and my focus in a new movie that I have to find out if I like it, decide if I want to stick through it and not pick up my iPad halfway through it and play Candy Crush or something. (laughs) I don't play Candy Crush. I can't think of the new game I play. It's a food game. I make like (laughs) ice cream sundaes, okay? It's like cooking frenzy or something. But anyway, that is also people I think like smaller, shorter, digestible chunks of video
0: right like I've got 30 minutes like what can I get in in 30 minutes and but then also it's kind of nice being like okay but I know I have another 30 minutes of new content tomorrow night you know like if you discover a show that you hadn't been watching but they already have five seasons of or I'm invested now let's just what am I doing the next three hours let's do this (laughs) that's right if you just want to throw that iPad out the window I mean, who are we kidding? Who's like actually watching one screen? Most people are watching one to two to three screens at the time. To- at a time, yeah. I'm still paying attention. You're like, hey, yeah. As I'm checking my email, I'm definitely.
1: Well, and that kind of feeds into some tips we give people when they make videos, being aware, right, that your video your 15
0: second video, your 30 second video maybe playing and competing with something that someone else is looking at at the same time. Right. A lot of times in media consumption trends, when we talk about people watching, want, you know, they're watching TV, but guess what? They're also checking their emails. So they got their laptop open. But also guess what? Maybe they have a game going on on their phone. So they have that third screen right there off to the side. You know, When we think about all of these screens and how people are multitasking and how their attention is fragmented more than it's ever been before, we really need to remind ourselves that that problem for marketers is a creative problem. That means that your brand and your credit union, you've got to do what you can to cut through all that clutter and to really get that attention. And so not only does that mean that the script needs to be direct and say what you want it to say, but it also means that those people and the actors that you have in your video and the aesthetics in your environment and the pace, all of that needs to try to connect with your audience as much as it can. Because when we talk about video and we talk about you as a credit union, getting your message out there. We're talking about, you know, getting that in front of the right people at the right time and really resonating with them.
1: Yeah. And I think when credit unions who are making videos are like, if any of you are out there listening that you really want to, okay, how can I do one more thing to make it better? Mm-hmm. There's just some pretty typical things that we hear over and over again from credit union marketers that they wish they had or they could do better in their videos. A lot of them is having better uh Talent, what we call talent, right. that's kind of jargon. Yep. But like, who are yep. you showing on right. the screen? It, yep. Is there diversity? Do they feel real or right. do they feel like kind of cheesy or corny actors? Some of you, you know, when we talk about video, it's not always just filming a moving scene or scenario or story. Sometimes your videos might just be photos that you put into motion. Right. Right. That's a yeah. really resourceful That's a good way. Like, first
0: step into video. But even then, with
1: those photos, you don't want cheesy stock photos. Right. So, you want to look for photos that feel real and relatable. Right. And kind of like they're a candid moment. And also, or slice yeah, maybe it's like
0: inspirational, like a photo that you would want to look at on Instagram. You know, like a photo right. on Instagram that's going to make you stop scrolling.
1: Right. Um, another thing that you might do if you're making your own videos or you're working with someone else to make your videos is to think about. Are you putting some words up on the screen so that if someone is watching out on mute, there's some cool messages that are woven in, whether they're an offering
0: Mm -hmm. or a more inspirational brand message. Is that being woven into the look and feel? To what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Also... Um, we, when we do videos for various credit unions, we're also very specific about how we're looking at the set. And is it clutter-free? Does it feel clean? Does it feel natural? What does the lighting look like? What do all the colors look like? Is everything complementing each other together? What are you wearing? Right. Right. So those are some good tips. I think we're also going to do a worksheet for this podcast. We are. So in the show notes, you can go and look, because I think we have kind of like a top five or six things we would recommend you do. To make your videos that much more succinct and tight and make sure you're gonna resonate with that audience out there you wanna connect with. Yeah,
1: even if you're filming one of your teammates or someone from your financial education team. Right. And where are you making them stand before you pull out the phone? I mean, even if it's do it yourself, you know, we've done videos that are
0: really big,
1: right? But you can also just be you, the person, the camera. And be really scrappy. Maybe go stand by a window so the light feels more natural. Maybe make sure there isn't a stack of, like you were saying, paper on the desk behind you. You know, those kind of things can make a huge difference. Yeah. Sound. Yes. So even if you are creating a video yourself with photos, let's say, Mm -hmm. and images and Mm -hmm. words to get across a new offering or promotion, think about the music. Right. Right. Just like you don't want cheesy stock mu- stock photos, you don't want cheesy elevator music, right? Or really abrasive music either, That's or a right. snooze fest. <laughs> um, think about if you are going to invest in something, um, having a good sound person do your voiceover or edit together the sound, like that can make a really big difference. Yeah. All right. So your credit union, You're not making videos yet, or you've only made a few, what are some reasons coming up for you that you should
0: start to try one out and start to try it again and again? So one thing we hear from credit unions is that it's hard for them to get approval for a video budget. So here would be some ways for you to actually, you know, kind of get that in, that's a budget line item for you. What if you guys are gonna have a new website? Okay, do a do a video, T- tell people how to access the website, how to navigate it, that would be one way. If your credit union is gonna go through a merger or if you're gonna have a new name or if you're gonna be launching um, a new service or feature, those are some great ways you can start to incorporate video into your already existing marketing plan. Also, anytime you're going to do a celebration, if you guys are going to have a big Mm -hmm. 50th year for your credit union, if you're going to have a 75th year for your credit union and you want to do something besides have cookies at the annual meeting, you know, do some kind of video that you guys can use in a lot of different places that you can take and introduce to new business partners or that you can take and show at orientations for employees, Think about how you can use videos in those ways about what's new happening at the credit union and how can we incorporate that in. Another way is to also charge up and get your internal team excited. We're talking about videos a lot of times, trying to help you get more members, trying to help you get out there more in the community, but also for your own internal team. Sometimes credit unions have a hard time talking to their own people Video can be a great way to do that. Show behind-the-scenes celebrations. Tell great internal stories. Those are another way that you can use it and kind of get that out there for you.
1: And so, like, if you're showing this video, like an employee event or a leadership event or any sort of event, member right. appreciation event. Mm-hmm. Don't just use
0: the video one time. <laughs> That's right. Don't right? don't say, "Okay, guess what? We have a 3-minute video, so we're going to show it at the event and then we're just going to put it on our YouTube channel. It's going to die." <laughs> No, don't do that. Um, take that three-minute video. Guess what? Make a 30-second spot out of it and upload it onto your YouTube, on your social media channels. Get it out there that way. Um, cut it down to a 15-second. And guess what? If it's a message that you want to get out there in front of members, put that on YouTube. Put some dollars behind it. Look at those videos that you have. If you have that three-minute video, think about, okay, how... What are three other videos that I can get out of this? And where can I use those? Can I use them in my branches on the screens? Do you have the capability to put a 15 second video on your ATM machines? Think about where else in all of the channels you could use that video. Don't just do one video and kind of let it die.
1: Yeah, if you think, I think so many marketers are great writers and they invest a lot in making sure that the message that they're writing, whether it's a video or written word. So like, right. let's like, say you're writing a newsletter, mm-hmm. you're writing a blog post. Right. Oftentimes, if you look at that, there's like four or five mini posts within that one post. Right. Like one long blog post is actually four or five social posts. Right. It's the same thing with your video. It's not just over because you showed it one time. You can chop it up into little pieces and share, share, share. Share. I also even love reversing that. If you do a video of like a testimonial video, right, and you're interviewing members and they're giving some great quotes, and it made such a great video, uh, type out some of those quotes <laughs> and make right. those
0: on your post, social
1: posters, drive-through. Banners, you can video can inform your traditional
0: channels. tactics and
1: channels, and vice versa. Yes, if you're doing pop-up banners in the drive-through or multimedia screens that are static or a direct mailer. Why can't you turn all those images and headlines into a moving slideshow video at the least? At the most, let's do a shoot. Let's tell a story that conveys the emotion of this.
0: Another way we love kind of taking operational things and things that are already existing in your credit union is if you're like, okay, what, how can I make some videos that are gonna help my members? Go down, talk to your call center, find out what the top three, Problems are that members call in for. What to do when you lose your debit card. What to do when you need a new debit card. What to do when you need to reset your password. Find out what some of the top needs are that your members are having. And guess what? Make a short video tutorial about how to solve that problem. And put them on your YouTube channel and drive members to them. Because guess what? When people lose their debit cards or whenever they need to reset their password, it's always Saturday night at midnight and your call center is not available. And so go out there and already have the answers before your members have them, have the questions. Um, That's one way you can really be a progressive credit union and making sure you're on the channels where your members already are.
1: I mean, that's so really... We love scales, one on the scale of the other. In fact, our worksheet that we're sharing has a scale at the bottom that's going to show you, depending on the problem you're solving, whether it's more pragmatic, like what Holly's talking about, or on the other end that I love, where it's a little more emotional brand connection with the people you serve. Very heightened. Right. So what kind of, you know, think about that too, kind of the type of video you're doing, whether you're just solving a pragmatic problem. You're doing some sort of how-to video. You're doing some sort of step-by-step guidance. Or you're doing kind of a a bigger message, a bigger broad awareness message. Mm-hmm. might dictate how much help you need making it,
0: right, how definitely. much budget
1: you need to make it. Is it do-it-yourself? Is there someone on your own marketing team who can really champion making videos and editing them? I bet there is. <laughs> or do you need to get something that's a little more... Um, of a high quality production. Right. And also I want to say when you think about doing a higher quality production shoot where you have a videographer you have someone holding a microphone on a big stick. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You have people helping you creative direct and make sure you're hitting all the scenes and you have actors all that sort of thing. Just think of it like if you've got the vision right. Mm -hmm. You got it in your budget you got it approved you know you're going to start sharing it. Just think of the shoot itself like planning a party or an event. It's right. not any different, honestly, than planning an event. Right. You know who the players are, you know, the timing, you know, the deadlines, you know, when people have to show up, when they have to leave, what you got to get on your checklist and your to do right. list crossed off.
0: What they're going to eat at the party. What they're going to eat.
1: <laughs> you you really plan it like an event. and uh, You overprepare and then you just kind of roll with the unexpected and see what you capture and just know that afterwards in the edit, You can edit it down to kind of almost anything that you want it to be when you're working with professionals who can help you.
0: And to make sure you tell that perfect story. Right. reason I can say that we really love that intersection and that overlay of credit unions and video is because video does such a great job of helping people to connect and convey emotion. And it's very human. It's kind of the human side from a communication standpoint. And that's what credit unions are. Credit unions are so great because they are about the people that are in them and the people that they're helping. It's like the secret sauce in the credit union world and in that financial landscape is the people in credit unions are what make them special. But that's also what makes video interesting that what that's what makes video powerful. So video is actually what gives it that chance to have that human connection, it can transport you, it's succinct, it conveys emotion. Um, people are invested in it when they start it. And credit unions also have that same kind of secret sauce. The thing that is special about credit unions is their ability to care for people and the people that are there that make it special. And so video taps into that like nothing else from a communication standpoint. And that's one of the reasons why we feel so strongly that credit unions should use that in their marketing repertoire.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can have your mission statement in super big letters on your wall.
0: That but, people walk past every day. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> but a video can just convey it in such a more, like you said, a human way. And powerful. hmm
0: and a lot of times I can say, you know, just how you're talking about that mission statement, Tara, we feel like we do video for the members and to gain more members and from a marketing standpoint. But a secondary thing that video does is that really empowers your staff to, hey, go out and live that mission statement that's just been on the wall that you've been walking past for a while.
1: Uh, yeah, it's going to remind you why you love your job and your credit union. <laughs> it's going to be so exciting the more video you get to do. So when you're looking at your plan, And you've got your line items for all the things that you want to do for your next campaign. Just see if there's room for video. You can start small. You can just try it out. um, You can go from there. We've got a worksheet to help you out in our show notes. And you can also look at some other videos that we've created at Braid Creative. The platforms are changing. The business models are changing. Everyone's figuring it out. But everybody is clamoring for content.
0: Yeah. You can't get
1: enough video. So it's time to wade in. Yep. Get in there. Wade in. (laughs) And you can go now and watch all the episodes of Game of Thrones. Thanks, everyone. Bye.